The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. You now listen to The Coaches Network, a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed and FS goalkeeping B licensed coach with over 10 years experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies. I'm currently operating as an affiliate shooter for the FA, alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. I'll be sitting down with coaches, coach educators and key figures in the game to have free-flowing conversations and discuss the challenges, lessons learned and effective trends in the coaching world today. As usual, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ahmed, Ben and Sherlin. Guys, if you just want to let the viewers know about yourselves. Hi guys, I'm Ahmed. I've got approximately about 10 years experience coaching football, all age groups. My uh, my most recent experience was at university level, and I'm currently a maths teacher in a secondary school. Yeah, hi guys, I'm Ben. Uh, I've been also coaching for nearly ten years now, uh, ranging from different ages and environments. And uh, currently, I'm an academy uh, coaching in youth development phase. Hi guys, it's Sheldon. Uh, around ten years experience of coaching, I'm a level three youth award coach. I'm currently working in the academy in the foundation phase. Thanks for having me. Welcome, guys. All right, guys. Well, I'm Yas. Um, I've been coaching for about 10 years. A range of experiences working through grassroots football, through to academy football, um, working grassroots senior men's and women's as well. Um, and I'm mainly based in you know, college programs, universities. So I've got a large uh, majority of my experiences working from 14 to kind of 23 age range. Um, been fortunate enough to go through the qualifications myself, you know, having completed my A license, my advanced youth award um, in the last three, four years, um, as well as um, my goalkeeping B license and also uh, currently as coach educator for the FA. And that's us. You know, we're going to get started today, guys. Um, we're just going to obviously discuss. Uh, the whole pandemic and the way the way it's impacted on the game right now, and you know, just try and let it be a free flowing conversation. We can just support coaches around some of our views, and then obviously offer some insights and potential ideas of what we could possibly doing to support their players at this moment in time. I think Ben, you had a couple of things you wanted to roll on. Isn't it? Yeah, just saying um, about the fact that like uh, now that we are off the pitch, it's going to present a couple of challenges to coaches, especially like coaches that maybe are still the mindset that, you know, the coaching only happens on the pitch. So about being a bit more creative with their approach towards their players in this sort of time, you know, like little things like uh, presenting challenges to them and you're seeing, you do see on social media, like on the toilet roll challenges that they're doing and there's other, other stuff they're doing as well, like difficult shots into like a bin or something like that. So like kind of uh, trying to engage with your players in this modern day using like technology. So you may, you may get them to, you know, with, obviously with the concern of their parents filming, filming the sort of skills that you want them to do, or or maybe a set amount of kickoffs that you're giving them to do and stuff like that. So trying to be a bit more creative with the way they do it. Obviously, as individuals, we should always be looking to develop ourselves. So like this free time that you now have, or away from the pitch, you know, like I've started to see already that. There's a lot of organisations that are putting on uh, webinars. Um, a lot more of these uh, coaching podcasts are coming out because a lot of the coaches now have time. So, like, you know, in, uh, just to summarise, it's just, like, looking for creative ways through modern-day technology to engage with your players. And as well as that, you know, try and engage yourself as well and keep your mind fresh so that you're not just completely out of the loop and then all of a sudden when all of this is over you're throwing yourself back into the deep end so always trying to stay connected mm. I just think um, just on, on that the nice question for everyone everyone, I guess is you know is is it safe to assume that a lot of the stuff that's being released now and has been put out for the players is, is largely focused around, around the technical side of things and you know maybe should should that be the case should it, should it be that you know that's that's what should be happening, or it should be actually. You know, there's other things that we could be doing right now, maybe that people aren't tapping into. Maybe I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, me personally, um, logically speaking, it's, it makes sense for the individual to try and progress or to minimize the loss of practice time, mm. and it's going to be a lot of individual stuff that which is mainly going to be technique. But for me, something that I think is very important is the players' like mental well being. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's kind of 
being addressed a lot because even when you see some kids, they might have a small garden and they can do some technique practice or kick-ups or practicing yeah. skills. There's some kids that can't even do that. And then if you take even further, then you get into the, 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 the children that don't even have a football at home, mm. for example. And these are real-world problems. So I think it is specifically aimed at kind of their technical ability that they will kind of develop, if anything. But I think their mental well-being should be a priority because for some kids, it's uh, like they don't have a space to do anything or even have the equipment to do the basics of stuff. So I guess in, in situations like that, then, what do you think in terms of how those players could be supported then? Um, in terms of them being supported, if they don't have anything to use, I, I, I saw one clip which was uh, really kind of reminded me of how my cousins used to play football back in Egypt when we was at home. Was we just roll up a bunch of socks and just make kind of a ball somehow, and we'll just like try and do some passing in a flat or something like that. So that is something they can do. But I think things like that, it's just important to keep their their kind of their love for the sport they, so it doesn't affect mm. them too much in terms of like affecting their kind of mental state like oh, I haven't kicked a ball for a month now because you know I've got to be kicking around stocks but I think stuff like that should be kind of looked at a bit more from coach's point of view in terms of addressing their players like how they're actually feeling about the situation talking about the situation because it is going to be uh, very frustrating for some and more so depending on their economic uh, and social background. Mm. Yeah, I think I would I would definitely um, jump in on that one and say yeah, I fully agree. Especially the mental side. I mean, it's it's quite it's quite it's hard to describe on both sides of the fence where you're looking at grassroots or in academy in general, because we've got our own personal training programs that we are, we have uh, sent through to the players like each week. So we will give them like either activities to do with uh, gymnastics or, or or any type of actual sport that gets them active going, if they have back guarders and so on, just little things like handstands, cartwheels, and just keep their body moving at the same time. And the coaches who have been giving them personal training programs, if they've got space, you know, to do certain things, as you said, yes, sir, mainly to do with technical. And these are things to just keep them, you know, whatever the mm. age of ticking over. But at the same time, we've got them doing that like, research on certain players or positions that they play and so on, just to keep their mind, also their mind fresh and, and, and moving around the football sense. So they don't really sit down and end up going on to certain things like games consoles 24 hours a day or, you know, just end up doing nothing. So we're touching base with parents at the same time trying to see what type of work they're receiving from school or whether it's from college or online work, just offering them different options to keep themselves active during this time. Well, we've come up with different ideas like football quizzes or quizzes of the local area, anything that we can do to keep their mind mainly active. Because again, as I just mentioned a little while ago, some people don't really even have money to have a football or a good football in the house or specific equipment. So we've got to find different ways to keep them challenged at the same time. So those are the sort of things that we're we're doing on both sides of the coin. But the mental side of things is 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 quite tricky because you you never really realise if a kid's okay or not okay if he's missing football, he or she's missing football or, or mm. not unless you actually talk to them. And with some coaches they can't actually talk to the player as much as they would do if they was on a normal training night because A, some don't have laptops or any type of connection to, to your coach, whether it's through your social media or phone. You know, it's 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 a tough one on, on both sides, actually. Yeah. Just interesting to, I guess on that, it sparked a couple of thoughts for me in the sense that would what would be, you know, does this does this situation ultimately differ any, or it does to an extent, but how much would it differ if this was just a, summer, a standard summer period? You know how much how much of that that em- emphasis around the technical work and I guess putting these webinars and putting all these this content out for all the players would there be if if it was just a normal period during summer, um, but more so it is the stuff that you know I guess some of the stuff that you referred to and I guess some other coaches may have been, may be participating in similar things as well around supporting the players from a psychological perspective. Is it game related stuff? Is it you know it, it, is there a way to make it more game related? Because if you talk there about football quizzes and stuff like that. This, you know, I'm just curious as to, I guess, get your thoughts on. Yeah, you 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 check in. I mean, 
for me, on, on both sides, whether it's professional or whether it's grassroots, you, you check in with the parents and see, obviously, what sort of resources they have. Like I said, uh, internet or something like that, or do they have specific apps that they can use? And it's up to you, really, and truly, as a coach, regardless of what side of the fence you want, that how creative can you be to make something personal to the player's needs and at the same time interact with the parent and the player and see where their mindset is at. They could want to work on something specific in their game that they want to improve or they want to make a super strength. And you, it's up to you to go away as a coach to find that resources and information and also from your own mind and be creative with it and present something that gets them more challenged. And then the more interaction you have with the player in regards to what, what he or she wants is the more easier your job is to try and find something to keep them going during that time. So for me personally, apart from not physically having your, your odd training session or pre-season during the summer, it's pretty much now testing you as a coach. Can you make that next step up? It could be, you know, can you give them a one-to-one programme you know, virtually. I mean, today is the world of, of technology, so it's best to start using it during this tough time and get used to it. So, for, for future reference. Yeah, can, I just want to echo what you're saying there um, in terms of the, you know, the sort of creativity that you need to have. Um, I feel like, I feel like in this day and age, this is showing us and not only like within football but within different industries that like you can there's a lot of things that you can do with the modern day technology that um, I don't think uh, would necessarily exploit in yet in new football and uh, like Yasser said like this can maybe like a little um, sort of preview of what could potentially be like an off-season sort of programme where you are engaging with the players also because they do have a lot of free time over their summer holidays and um, like like we've uh, like we've already touched on, like we don't know the sort of homes that um some some of these kids uh, can come from, and some may be with parents that are able to have the time to engage with them over that sort of long period, where some may have parents that you know will have to you know work to make uh, ends meet. So with that, like the kid may have a lot of free time by themselves. So like trying to just keep them uh, engaged and obviously care for their well being. Uh, through like different sort of exercises, uh, you know, having very sort of uh, approaches to it. Uh, like one uh, one particular, that I can only speak on, you know, what I've, I've seen anyway, but like one particular thing that uh, we've been doing is like, even for, that's uh, one of the considerations we had because we were concerned that, you know, some kids may not have the particular uh, facilities or equipment um, to do some of the technical stuff and sports science stuff that's been sent. Um, so like as well as like we want to engage their brain so like uh, most parents or most people have access to at least one of the three like a a phone or a tablet or laptop so like engaging them through huddle so like we've got them making like little um, sort of like highlight real clips Mm. uh, of them like highlighting uh, specific sort of uh, things so for example we may ask like a midfielder to say like uh, can you show us five clips of where you've, uh, you know, created a chance for your teammates or something like that? And uh, just, just we'll make it a very broad question so you can gauge their perception of the game and, you know, keep them constantly engaged as well. Right. And just, just for those that don't um, obviously know what Huddle is, Ben, do you just want to just explain to the people what that is? Yeah, um, Huddle is just, um, it's just like a website where a lot of, uh, most all the games that are recorded uh, in youth uh, football, even non-league football, uh, can be uploaded onto. Um, it will usually be uploaded by the clubs analysts. Uh, the clubs and uh, based on you know the level or the age group or the importance of the game or you know the you know how many analysts the club have will be coded uh, by the analysts, just uh, highlighting the sort of key moments that happen within the game. Uh, you know, such as like change of like possession and chances created, set pieces, etc. And this can be accessed by coaches, um, the parents and the players. And with that, that's just another medium in which you can communicate with the players, where they can, after the game, uh, they can create like 
their own playlists of their strengths and uh, things that they feel they, they can improve on and then uh, it will be open to ev- anyone to see. And then it can be accessed by the coach to comment under and interact with the player and just engage with them through that. Wicked. If yeah, I can like, quickly just add on this kind of uh, this kind of period that we're in and trying to use it as an off season, um, for me the the two biggest things that kind of make it not an off season is is one normally by the end of the season we're we're all tired coaches and players we we, we don't really have that factor where we do really uh, literally have like a week or two at the end of the season literally just to rest and it is needed. Well, for me personally, I always kind of enjoyed the end of the season because I got a week or two where I didn't really have to kind of think of football, got a chance to relax, recharge. Same with the players. And also you kind and the second thing is we knew when we was coming back. And with this, we don't know when we're coming back. So it's like if we just keep on regurgitating or just doing any kind of task for kids at home, it might get to the point where what are we gonna do now then? Because if this literally does stretch on until July yeah. and August, it's like what are we going to do? Are we going to carry on just doing the same thing? The kids, the, like it might, it might be strange to say, but we might start losing kids the game, yeah. from football and maybe going to esports. Uh, 100%. For example. I think that's kind of where my, one of my initial thoughts came from was, that, you know, is it, is it enough that it's just going to be working on the technical side of things or, or do we need to start expanding in different ways? You know, no, um, more. for me, for me as a player, the, like I, 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 I still vividly remember as, as a player and as a coach, one of my favorite things to do was when I was playing I used to love doing my shoelaces and just looking at the pitch and just waiting to see what I was going to do and then same with the coaching I used to like I'm the I'm the coach that puts my trousers in my socks okay so I like you know I like doing that then I put my football boots on and and it's like I miss that part like even because I haven't coached for a good couple years it's like I miss just being on the pitch so for these kids especially when there's no return date it's uh it's difficult, and if it gets too repetitive, too repetitive, what they're going to do at home and too boring, and they don't see that development. And of course, with football, it's a social thing as well. We get a lot of enjoyment from it. It just might get to the stage where, coming back to that first point I made earlier on about their mental well-being, it could affect the sport in in a lot of ways we haven't anticipated or thought of. Mm. No, it's interesting because obviously, like you said, that you know that inactivity from the from from any from anything really, you kind of you can kind of detach yourself from it. Um, to an extent, so I think it'll be very interesting to see. First of all, how long this this whole pandemic issue just does does continue, but more so, like you said, in terms of what impact it's going to have on the players from a, from a mental perspective. In terms of, the... I mean, I'm a school teacher, and we like in our school, we've we've kind of penciled in that we're back September, yeah. So, whether it's the same for for grassroots football and all other football, I'm not sure, but. That's that's when we've kind of penciled in for schools to open again at the start of the new academic year in September. So it's still a long mm, way away. I think some other things to consider as well. I mean, obviously we don't know how long this thing's going to continue, and you know when it finally is, I guess when this lockdown is kind of you know t- lifted from us, what impact is that going to have? What is that going to mean? How, what you know, what is the game going to look like? Are people you know day to day society people probably not going to? I doubt people are just going to be all willy nilly just you know sh- shaking hands and following each other side by side and whatnot i think there's still be an element of social distancing so it's in- interesting to see maybe what impact that has obviously on how training may look how games may look whether even games will be played before anything else um because ultimately if that if 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 it's if, if the lockdown is going to be lifted and there's not going to be any input in i guess in influenced um if it's not going to be influenced by social distancing measures and stuff like that then we're just going to go from zero to 100 again and then we, we, we could be in a risk of i guess going back into the situation which you know which obviously we don't want um but no i think it's in, but then on. again but then again but then but then are you realistically gonna like start putting condi- contingencies for something like this to happen again like making sure that all your players have access to the internet or they have a space it's for me it's like I get the feeling that coaches and players they can't wait just to meet up again. Literally, it's as simple as no, that. No, no, I, t- I totally agree. I think, I'm, I'm... but it's a big part of it. Just that kind of actually being able to walk to training, but that's... put your shoes on with your mates, and and then you start, you know, doing something that you love. But, that, but that's, that's 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 kind of what I'm leading onto. So that, you know, what are the psychological impacts of obviously if this lockdown's been lifted? Are you, you know, we've seen what how some of these people are behaving during the social distancing. Not there's people looking at each other like. They, they can see the virus on each other. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, it's it's mad, you know. I've just I've just come back from Tesco a little while ago, and just people just they're gonna literally moving in in right angles essentially to try and stay away from one another. But you know, just because now they're gonna lift that lockdown, is 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 that still gonna be the same? Are people gonna just all of a sudden go back to normal? And you know, you got to think realistically, what impact is that gonna have on training? That you you you, ne- you never know. You know, I mean, I hear what you're saying about that, the, the the latest Tesco trip, but a lot of that is just sheer fear and. To be honest, it's probably from us adults as well, mainly. Because yeah. kids, they tend to have that mechanism where they can actually ignore certain things because they can be preoccupied with the internet or with their games consoles or just being not being at school and trying to understand that without even worrying about the social distancing. For me personally, as it was mentioned as well, you know, I can't wait to get back on the field. And I think I work in the school as well and, I'm, and, I'm, and I miss my school day job, but I want to get back into my coaching I want to get back on that pitch and see the boys and you know to find out how they're doing and find out what you know having that freedom to actually go to a park or go to your training ground and just kick a ball Mm. and you know whether it's you know even as a coach I still wear football boots and I have to have a specific uh, type of of football boots and that's something that I've always enjoyed having and going to buy new boots and so on not having that freedom has now personally made me and I've spoken to a lot of coaches and players as well miss what they we kind of take for granted on a, on a regular basis so i think the mental state for the young ones going back to football can actually be quite high and on the positive because they more, more or less will appreciate what they actually have more considering the time that they, they haven't had it you know that that, that could be the, the case and, and i kind of think that it will be the case when we do actually eventually go back so the social distancing thing you'll yeah, be challenging or there may be some protocols but i think the kids in general can't wait to get back to Doing what they they love the most, being that freak. It's interesting. So you you don't think you know that there maybe might be a a stronger application from all all players coming back in off the back of this. Could could be. I mean, it, it, are you talking about from the the football governing bodies at all? Uh, no, I thought as in you know players coming back off the back of this, where players may have maybe as you said maybe taken some of those things for granted. You know, when they come back to, do you think they'll take more pride in actually how they go about doing things? Ye- yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think so. And it's, it's more just the sheer appreciation of what they actually have. And, you know, at the same time, a lot of these kids, they come from different types of backgrounds, whether it's, you know, some that don't have as much money as their friends would have. Probably even more so, being a lot of the guys that do have a lot of things at home and so on, being a lot more humble, considering that they haven't been able to be social with their friends on a regular basis. So there's going to be a lot of appreciation and pride coming back into, into football and how they treat it. Because, you know, you get sometimes, you get some of the players, they, they think they've got it all or, you know, they, they can't be able to go to training. Being stuck at home 24 hours a day and having, you know, a certain regime to follow that you don't normally do and it's kind of boring, they will appreciate it more when they come back onto the field. Mm. If I if I was still coaching, my, my first week back, I'll be anticipating a lot of meaty challenges and a lot of high intensity from from, from my players. Massively, men, yeah. Women, children, like they're gonna be on it. Literally, yeah. they're gonna be. On Would it. that not so, be impacted so, by how fit they've been able to keep themselves as well, though? Enthusiasm can take over your body sometimes, and then the, the fitness can catch up later on. And and, and again, again, just it, it depends on the age that you're talking about. If it's you know, between the age of 15 to 18, then they're probably going to take their fitness a lot more seriously than probably probably younger mm. ones. And again, it depends on what type of coaches that these players have, regardless of what their age is. So, again, I go back to what my previous point is. As, as a coach, as coaches, we're kind of the key to keeping those engagements going and seeing how the players are doing and offering our support on any uh, good level that we can. And what I have noticed over the last couple of weeks, especially on... Uh, Twitter and, and Instagram is that there's a lot of players themselves that are filming themselves doing certain mm. little circuits they can do, whether they're in a the house or in a flat mm-hmm. or, you know, and the toilet roll challenge has gone around, which has been great. But you, you actually see players doing little courses in the, in their homes just to keep themselves fit. And I'll be honest with you, some of them are looking a lot more stronger than, you know, players that are older than them. So, again, it's, it's down to the creative mind as a coach and can you share it onto the player? Definitely, I think it's interesting because obviously, you know, like you see, you've got these different challenges. I think from the coach's perspective, obviously, now we, you know, Army Thompson, we don't know how long this thing is going to last. Um, so it's, it's at what stage? I guess it's interesting now. 
discuss what coaches could be doing to kind of you know lead on from that. So, you know, how long how long would you expect to sit on a technical program for us, or you know, would it be three weeks for you know we're, we're in, initially anticipating that this lockdown is going to be lifted from us by the end of next week? I'm I'm no, I'm not I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I'm it's quite quite likely quite likely not going to be the case. Um, we had a thousand. We had a thousand deaths yesterday. I don't think that's going to be happening. Next Precisely. Week. So that it's now people anticipating right. It's going to be next week to now. Actually, you know, we we actually have genuinely have no idea how long this is going to last. Um, so now, I guess in terms of supporting players, technically we've got all these challenges in place. We can do the one to one stuff, but then I guess from a psychological perspective, even from a soul, obviously some of the stuff will be physical. Um, you know, if we look at the four, if we look at that four corner model, the FA um, go on about. You guys got any suggestions, ideas, or what you think the coaches could be doing to support players from another perspective, or right away from the technical corner, and away from just, I guess, engaging in quizzes and things like that? I think uh, the, the 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 social aspect of one of the corners that's just completely does not exist at the moment. So, is that entirely true, though? Like, is it, 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 it essentially? Yeah, it, it, for, for or me, does it just like, look different me, now? Like, when I think. When I think of like the social aspects mm. of football, it's not just sharing a video on, on Instagram for my friends to see. It's me playing football with my friends or interacting with my coaches or whatever it is. It's like me in a group setting. And I think for me, if I was uh, having my kids returning, have, returning whenever, it, whenever they do get back, that would be high on my agenda list. It's like I'll, I'll make football very social again. I'll make them realise, or maybe they're kind of craving it as well. But I'll anticipate that that corner has been neglected for a lot of time. And uh, I'll kind of make my but, priority but, just to make. Yes, yeah, so essentially, what I'm getting at is knowing that that is essentially going to be the case to an extent. That is, oh, I mean, I wouldn't so far as say it's been neglected. I think it just looks very different at this moment in time. But ultimately, yeah, well, looks, yeah. that being said, should should we now not be? I guess looking at ways where we can actually really hone in on the other three corners a bit more right now, um, with a view to obviously giving a lot of love to that social corner when we when we do eventually return. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I mean, as you said, you know, it's not, the social corner is not exactly gone. It is. It's a, it's a very different book now. So it's, it, it's, it's going to be good for all of us to learn to adapt coaches and players right now for the social corner. We can only do as much as we can, such as like we said before, the checking in all the video calls and so on and the little video clips that we see from the players. That's as far as we can go. What what happens in their own home when it comes to them reconnecting with maybe sibling members or parents and so on, having that time, that's out of our control. We can only do what we can do as coaches for that corner at the moment. Obviously, when we return, yes, we'll put as much effort into the social side as, as possible. But the other three corners, there's still room for us to manoeuvre on. And again, it goes back to how creative you can be as a coach, along with the player, to find something that suits them both and it's it's about forward planning we you know as coaches we, we always try to forward plan in the first place but now it's under a different type of regime and again we're just learning to get used to it yeah I, I agree as well um just like uh Yasso was alluding to there um I feel like the social corner isn't necessarily like going to be neglected in this state but it's going to be it's definitely going to be different um, like we've already uh, talked about the fact that we've got the uh, modern technology now, um, and that we we should really uh, utilize it that in order to sort of fight against this sort of neglection that can happen. Um, you know, it could be through different sort of means, sort of um, like uh, like we we're saying, then it may be us actually. Uh, I don't know performing the skills that we would like them to do uh, on on video for them to see, and maybe. Um, uh, nowadays, I, I've heard of some coaches doing like a Zoom meeting uh, with the players, uh, so like they'll he'll like be out on the grass and then uh, just be like uh, recording recording himself and then watching them uh, watching them do the, do their skills and then uh, you know give them the live feedback. There yeah, I mean, just, uh, just on so that, I think that's all that's all well and good, but how, I mean, how effective is that really? Because you know, if you, unless you do as. I think Michelle, you touched on it before. Unless you're doing it in, in a one-to-one setting or a one-to-one format, how, yeah. how realistic? How realistic is it for you as a coach to observe every player in that in that setting like that? I mean, 
it, first of all, now we're, we're relying on them to be able to have access to, the, to, I guess, the resources to make that happen. Um, we're also then relying on them uh, having a space to actually do it efficiently and actually then be able to look at that. I mean, I think there's a lot of coaches who, you know, talking, we, we had, a, you know, we've obviously got that group chat that we have a conversation in and obviously someone mentioned the other day about the idea of using Zoom as a platform to engage with the players. Again, I, I, you know, it's just still, it's still got for me. I think there's still too much emphasis on the technical side of things. I mean, is only so. I don't, I don't think it necessarily is because I feel like we always, uh, um, when we're talking about these different approaches, we always just deem it as uh, one sort of aspect as attacking, but it's not necessarily that. That when you have them in a group dynamic like that, they, they will, they, they'll, they'll be interacting with players that they may not have um, necessarily access to directly. Um, through such means like that, and that just uh, being in a group dynamic like that, even though obviously yes, it's not in the flesh, but that's better than doing absolutely nothing or sending them sending them uh, challenges to do as an individual. So like, even though yes, it uh, the predominant uh, approach is quote unquote technical, it's still there's still there still may be a social aspect to it, where like I don't know, like the same way that you ask players to do demonstrations and the thing you ask them to do demonstrations and whatnot. And you can still still have um, that sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for like camaraderie with them, and they have it amongst themselves. I'm not saying that it's like um, a golden solution to it, but I feel that that's a better alternative to, than to just you know send challenges and stuff like that. To okay, them. so you're now going to ask a quick question it. to the group. Have any of you guys ever bought like I'm not talking like the best leather boots or anything, but has anyone ever bought a pair of boots or trainers for any of their kids at grassroots level? No. No? I, I, I have personally a couple of cages. It wasn't more than £15, but now it's just like, as you were all talking, it's just, I'm always just thinking about the ones that don't have. I've seen the gap already at grassroots in the university. It's like, you can see which kids can comfortably afford to come to training in terms of their equipment and their parents are relaxed. And then you see some kids, they're coming with practically like trainers they've been wearing for two, three years. And, you know, sometimes kids start teasing each other. Like, what are we literally going to do for those that have zero access to any technology? It's going to be a big I problem. Think, I think that if I'm being honest, I think that's a bit bigger. I think that's a bit extreme. Because I don't... I think... Yeah, I, no, I understand that. I'm in the real world. And I don't... I don't it's quite rare that you see uh, someone nowadays... Uh, in a household that doesn't at least own a, ha- a smartphone, and with with uh, the means of a smartphone, you do have access to a lot of these technologies that we are speaking about. Yeah, true. But like, j- just from like, it, as like as you say, me being a bit unrealistic, like, like my school is open right now just to feed kids. Literally, it's not for the key workers that are there to they have to go so they can learn. Now they're old enough; they're just staying at home. Literally. The school's open for the most vulnerable in, in, in our community, basically. And it's like, it's the same with football. So, like, there's some kids that don't have, you know, it might be a small proportion, but still, what are we going to do for them? Like, literally, they could have just been, have zero interaction with football until they come back to the pitch. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I think there's, ultimately, we can't, we can't control what they have access to in that respect. I mean, we can do little, you know, have little gestures like what you said there, buying football boots and stuff like that, but ultimately how are you going to support them is, is the key question I think it's looking at well what we talk, what, what kind of Sherlin touched on earlier about having personalised programmes well this player we know that this player is not going to have access to certain things now the question is not what can we do for them is how do we get it to them in the first place how do we get that information across to them to then be able to support them with it so I think you've touched on this someone might not have you know it's highly um, in, unlikely in this in this current climate that someone won't have access to it, but it's possible that, nonetheless that they won't have access to something like Zoom or Skype or anything like that. But ultimately, when we're now looking at supporting those players, it's what are we doing with it. So, for instance, a lot of the stuff that's come out, like, you know, Ben obviously mentioned, it's probably not it probably doesn't have to be predominantly technical stuff, but a lot of it is. Probably doesn't have to predominantly be based on stuff that you're going to do on the ball, but a lot of it is. But it's now looking at the other stuff. How do we support these players socially, psychologically, and obviously physically within, within this climate? And even technically, to be honest with you. So tactically, I think there's not a lot of emphasis on the tactical side of things. I think psychologically, is it something that maybe going forward that coaches, we need to start preparing? Actually, well, this is something that we need to have as part of our plan, plan, plan anyway. 
um, not just relying on the face-to-face contact we're having with players, but actually we should be more emphasis now on what the stuff that we're going to do away from that. And I guess, you know, it's challenging, I guess, for you guys as, uh, uh, and anyone, anyone else listening that could we now get to a point where actually everything we do has an on-field and off-field element to it, on-site and off-site element to it, um, to, the, to the extent as if we actually got a programme that we're putting, so you know, you've got your you've got your club environment, you've got a scheme of work for your players while they're in your care or in, under your supervision, but you've also got a accompanying scheme of work for them to, I guess, continue outside of there. So not generic one, but something that's actually structured and put in place in a sense. There's actually going to, you know, as you know, Sherlin, you know, any other anyone else who's any access to academy environments will, will be doing something similar as part of the requirements of you know six week programs, twelve week programs, and they'll be doing things like that. And those oh, pro- yeah, those yeah. programs will include stuff that you're doing on site with the players, as well as stuff that you're doing, as well as stuff that's almost been prescribed for the players to do off site. You know, is is it now that as a result of everything that's happening now that you know it should now be almost a mandatory shift from the mindset of the coaches who are currently working in the grassroots environments in particular to actually now saying, okay, well, what are we now doing to support these players off the pitch? Um, and you know, I think one of the biggest fears for me is that actually. A lot of coaches, certainly the ones I come across, they, they're not, how can I put it? I don't feel there's enough coaches out there that are actually looking, looking for that next, that next little inch to get, to get their players to the next stage. I think a lot of them are very comfortable in what they're doing. Um, so that it'll be interesting to see how many coaches actually continue after this. I mean, someone mentioned it the other day, and I think, I think it's just, it might have been yourself, Sheridan, when we touched on the point about how for some people, this might be the end of their career in coaching. Yeah. Um, for many reasons. It could be financial. It could just be that actually, do you know what? They've actually now fallen so far out of their comfort zone that they don't want to come out of it. Uh, listen, I'll be honest in saying, I'm, I, I can't wait to get back into coaching. But if it comes to the point where I have to do, say, for example, 60 or 70% of my stuff online, I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh, that's not me. I, 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 I can do it. I can do it very well. But in terms of me enjoying it, I won't enjoy it. Yeah, it, it, that's just me then, personally. Like me, for me, I love seeing kids uh, progressing on the pitch. Um, you know, you just give them that little snippet of advice, and then they implement it straight yeah. away. And it, like, them moments are very rewarding for me as a football coach. And I've always kind of not liked working in an office per se or yeah. of a computer or a laptop. We, but that's just my which, personal. Which, which is totally understandable. But I think, yeah, I think the bigger question is, you know, with. And you know, don't. I'm not saying this is for you specifically, but with coaches that have have a mindset of, yeah, you know, I, I need to be on the pitch with my players all the time. Is that about them, or is that about the players? Then I would I would probably say it's more about them if that's their mindset. Yeah, I think a big key thing is you know I I, I keep using that word being creative. You know, I I also I'm going to draw it back to certain courses that we do. I mean, when I did my level three, the way I think now was changed a lot because of that course. And that was down to doing things off the field. Hence exactly. why I'm a, I'm a lot more comfortable doing things off the field now because that's how I've now developed myself along with the education that I've had during that time when I was doing my level three. So I think you kind of, where you're going with it, yes, it is their coach's comfort level and now being exposed. 100%. And, well, can I just ask you a quick question? Yeah. You see the stuff that they made you do off-field? Yeah. Did it just make your on-field stuff more precise, more accurate, more kind of hitting the nail on the head, so to speak? Because that's how I see it. I see like that off-field stuff makes the on-field stuff run smoother, but, you get more outcomes, more progress. For me, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I didn't connect the two together right. in a sense where we're mm. on the field nothing can run smooth because for me there's always a possibility of something to change so you always yeah. got to have that A, B and C plan so I never use the time that I worked during the course or even now with my admin work, never use that as okay it's going to make the pitch life smoother because you, you've got plays not turning up, you've got extra plays, there's always that complications there, so I yeah. try to separate the two. Regarding to the work that I do off the field now, I'm now mentally a lot more adaptable to those uh, type of scenarios, especially during this time as well, because of the learnings that I've taken from doing a course like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think just, just oh, I was just jumping on it, I don't know if someone's having a party at their house right now, social distances has gone out the window. <laughs> 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 no, 
need to get the shell in. Yeah. The shell in it out on them, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've just just to kind of chime in on that one. I think for me, it's looking at it from a different perspective. I see where you're going with that, um, Ahmed, in terms of the off-field stuff, supporting your on-field stuff. But I think ultimately, um, it's not a. I, I, it's not about whether what makes it run smoother for you as a coach. I think by doing the off-field stuff, you allow you give the players a bigger platform, bigger, I guess, a more stable platform to kind of work from. Um, so all that off-field stuff is all essentially it's all part of planning. Um, you know, the deliver. I'm not saying it's irrelevant. It's very relevant. But for me, if I've always had in the back of my head is to is to maximize to make uh, it more efficient when we actually come to execute in training and ultimately to do well in matches. Yeah, but the thing is, that for me, a lot of that off-field stuff is, is I guess, for a lot of players anyway, in my opinion, is cementing the underpinning that they need to then allow things to run smoothly yeah. on the pitch. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But if those things don't aren't, aren't happening, that's when... Then it's going to take longer for them outcomes to... Well, it, it, it could potentially take longer. It could potentially be that, you know, without doing some of the off-field stuff, they never actually get there in the first place. Um, so yeah, it's not a case... It's not... It's like the it, exactly. Um, so I think, you know, have, having... For me, coaches need to adopt the mindset of actually what I'm doing here. It might not be helping them directly with the technical stuff, but actually by doing this, it might be shifting their mindset, shifting their mentality because I'm now going through some other, some external stuff away from the technical side of the game. I might be challenging them through other ways. Um, it might be that you know, as Sherlin touched on some of the off-field stuff there, you might be going through personalized programs. You might be, you might be talking about, you might be even looking to, you know, obviously with. with trying to obviously focus on how coaches will be working during these times but just generally I think you might actually look at right what, what games are you going to play particular players in how are you going to support those players with playing in those particular games so that might be actually the off-field stuff might be actually can we get some footage together around maybe a team that plays in this way because that's how we're going to play that's the kind of team we're going to play against in three weeks time when this particular player is playing in that match now obviously that might not be uh, too feasible at grassroots but Ultimately, what you know, what I really want coaches to kind of think about is what could we be doing that we're not doing, and just because it's something that we could be, that doesn't have to be done in that specific way. It's more just looking at what is the impact of this action, and with using the resource. For instance, when we're looking at providing footage, right, it might not be the same at grassroots as than it would be at academy because academy games, most of them are recorded, so you can actually watch back footage of your players. Whereas a grassroots environment, you might have to then show them footage of other players performing what you want them to perform, if that makes sense. Um, but it's now looking at different ways and just, again, being creative in the ways that we can get this information across to your players. But ultimately, for me, it's looking at what you're doing on field and how, how and what mechanisms are you, are you, I guess, utilising to support these players off field. So is it through the use of analysis and footage? Is it, is it, through, the, is it through, I guess through questionnaires it might even be just having a, a questionnaire and just asking players to just I guess share their understanding and get, get, engage and understand what the players actually do know it might be that right you have an environment environment where you use certain terminologies that like, do your players actually understand what you mean by the, these different terminologies and I guess these little things I guess coaches could be doing in this time to really establish whether they're, where their players are at so that going into the new season, if we are now saying it's a complete write-off for now, we're not going to get any more football, we're not going to re-engage until, let's say, September time, right? Coaches now have realistically the best part of four months to plan for that by gauging this information now. So I think it's... I, I hear where you're coming from in terms of is the, is the off-field stuff not there just to support you better on the on-field world. Ultimately, the on-field stuff is the most important thing at the end because that's where they're going to be able to, you'll be able to see whether they understand what they do or not. But it's doing all that, for me, all that background work off the field, which is actually going to lay the platform for them to perform on the field. Um, and yeah, and that's, that, that just goes, for me, across, across the board, whether that be through planning your training sessions, through setting individual targets and objectives, setting team goals and objectives, whether that be literally just supporting players in different ways. Um, you know, there's so many ways we can do it. And I think this is the time where I guess coaches do have to come out of their show a little bit and do have to be prepared to get more creative because I genuinely think there's going to be a shift um, in mindsets from coaches mm -hmm. at this point. A lot of coaches who probably haven't been challenged to be creative because they've been a coach for 20 years and this is what they've been doing. This is all they've been doing. Those coaches now, I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm very fearful for those types of coaches because I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think they're going to last. 
they're going to come out of the back of this and their players are going to be more creative and, more, um, and know more than them. Then that, then that goes down to their mindset, as we've spoken, spoken earlier on. If you're not prepared to self-develop during this time or even previous times, then you're kind of going to get stuck when it, things actually return. It, it, this, this period could also be a bonus for those type of coaches. Again, it goes back to that self-development. Are they prepared to put in the work? Are they prepared to read certain books? It doesn't even have to be about football and so on. It could mm. be about just anything, anything simple, how you deliver your communication. Yeah, it's just something that across. describes the thought, essentially, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the same way as the plays is, is going to give them time to either adjust to what things are like or to even self-develop themselves. It, it goes the same for coaches. And the ones that don't adapt, probably not in the right industry. Because for me personally, coaching is about adapting. Mm. It could be about losing three or four players to train up two or three years. And that's destroyed your session. But it hasn't because you've got to learn to have the A, B and C plan. So it's a case where do you have enough plays or do you have too many plays or is it the topic changed or it's, it's all about adapting. So if you can't adapt during this time, then you, you're probably in the wrong field. I'm, uh, I, I, yeah, I, me personally, like I, I agree some form of self-development should be happening in a period like this because we do have ample time and the challenges we're facing where we're not on the pitch, for example. But I think for a lot of people that have lost their earnings dramatically and uh, football coaching, for example, if you're a football coach where all your income was just from like your own business and you had lots of kids and you were making decent money, you was able to pay your mortgage or your rent, you've gone from being that situation to literally having no money coming in and you might have to be... not Hustling might not be the right word, but you need to find the hustle just to pay your bills, for example. You need to do something. I think it's not fair to kind of put that kind of pressure on certain coaches to force them to also try and develop their football practice because that's not their main priority at the moment. Their main, main, main priority is just to get yeah. through this period with their sanity without losing too no, much. No, you're, you're you know, right. But I think um, so on. just on that, I think the key thing to highlight on that is, yeah, you're, you're right. That it's, it's, not, but it's not about anyone putting pressure on the coach to do that. The thing is, in my opinion the timing that we're in shouldn't have an impact on whether you want to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it, 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 you know, self-development come in many forms. It could be just, you know, for instance, us... It should be a continuous process. Yeah, I mean, I, it, could, it could just be us engaging in a weekly conversation like this one that might just spark some thought and then think, actually, mm-hmm. you know what, I've taken away something from that. I'm now going to look to apply that in the future. Or it might further, further clarify something for you that you're already doing. It might challenge something that you're already doing. But that in itself, the fact that you're actually reflecting and... Um, going through that self-awareness process and actually challenging your own thoughts, or at least being open for your thoughts to be challenged. For me, that's that, that's the start. It doesn't need. To, it doesn't mean that you need to sit down and go and do a, a three-hour webinar, or you need to go and attend an online workshop or anything like that. It, 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 self development. This is this is a kind of leads back into one of the conversations I was kind of touching on the other day. I think it must have been sometime last week when um, there's a lot of exchanges taking place in the in the, in the WhatsApp group and. I guess the key message I was trying to highlight for everyone, look, this is not just a prime opportunity for development. And if you know, a lot of people talking about they want to go and watch other coaches and do this and they can't go and do that. But it's like, that's not the only source of information. And I think the conversation started from someone saying, oh, yeah, they should, the UEFA A licence should be more um, accessible for, for coaches that grow our shoots. And, you know, the, the, the question I just threw out, well, why do you need it? What is it? What is it about the A license that you need? If you, if you, if all you want is the knowledge, and you're not worried about having the qualification, because you don't really want to work in academy football, and a lot of coaches will will soon will find that they'll go into the academy environments, they realise it's not for them. They don't want it. It's just it's it's, it's not what it's made out to be all the time. Um, but doesn't mean that just because you can't get on the course that you can't get access to certain information because there's people out there that have got that information there's people there's you know there's other resources that you where you can obtain that information from i think ultimately it's now as a coach looking at what do you find is an area for you in your development that you actually want to focus on what is it what is a what is a you know an area that you're going to prioritize within your development now it could be that you spend 10 minutes a day looking at an article it could be one hour a week um having a having like i said joining a group conference or call like this one for instance or it could be actually do you know what I'm just going to watch two two sessions a week or I'm going to watch two videos a week on different interviews with, with different coaches who different do different things and just try and pick my brains on that but I think it's not necessarily 
saying it's putting pressure on coaches ultimately. Listen, how, how, it sounds cliche, but how are diamonds, how are diamonds made? Yeah. It's the pressure. pressure. Um, um, wait, one thing, one thing I just wanted to touch on, sorry, like, uh, yeah, it just in regards to that as well, is that like, I think uh, when we think back to what got us into football when we were little boys and whatnot, is that you enjoyed it and you you kind of seek solace in it and for a lot of um, you know a lot of boys that play it are from like working class backgrounds isn't it? so like when you are like like looking into football playing playing football watching it on the TV uh, even for these boys now playing it on the on their uh, game consoles and all of this even though they don't know it but they're doing it as a means of uh, sort of escape from reality so like regardless of situation I always, it always feels like uh, whatever you're kind of passionate about you'll always kind of find yourself diverting towards that um, especially even in tough times because you know, that's when you uh, you kind of just want to have that you know couple uh, maybe like an hour or so a week just away from the everyday uh, life stresses just to you know um, engage yourself in football or Engage yourself in coaching if you're very passionate about it as well. Um, uh, if I can just add to this topic, um, so me again, coming back to me working in a school, they've said if this kind of goes well, this t- type of like online teaching where the students are at home, the teachers are at home, it might get to the point where teachers are only required to come into school four days a week, maybe even three days a week. And sometimes when they don't have a busy timetable, they can just do certain lessons from home and the kids will be at home them days as well. But that's going to ha- in- include a lot of like re like jigging you know timetables and stuff like that but in in a football sense if it got to the stage where you know there was a club that offered some sessions that were online and some on the field oh, i don't think that's far i don't parent, think i don't think we're far player, from that at all yeah i don't think we're far from that but it comes back to the point is that is that what people actually want because it's like it's, I, 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 I want to play football yeah and well, you want to ultimately you're going to you're going to be playing football anyway. What you're talking about is essentially how 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 we, I guess, support the players in getting, uh, I guess, educating them further within the game. Um, it's not like all of a sudden they're going to turn around and say, okay, everyone, we're going to play a match online. It's just, that's, ne- that's never going to happen. Um, but it might get to that stage. I don't think that can happen at all because... No, no, listen, I, I can see it. I don't think it's... What, people away. playing matches online? Yeah, someone can easily, not a match, but someone can easily, like, in the terms of a training and a practice point of view, someone can easily develop an app where they can have, like, a squad of players that will join one session at a time and they have an icon on a virtual pitch, for example, and they need to make the correct movements depending on another player's movement or in relation to the ball. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I just, that, that sort of thing, whilst it might... If, but if that's, the, if that's the way we're heading, that's what's naturally going to happen because then these things can't get neglected. They still have to be addressed I, and they're mm. going to have to get done online when but it comes at home. I I just think in, in regards to that, it's just that uh, the one thing that we can't neglect is that there's there's a certain sort of um, uh, like emotional energy that comes from playing uh, face-to-face that I don't think can ever be Yep. replicated by any sort of um, te- technological uh, sort of advancement. And with that, it, that's why I struggle to see how... I don't think it will ever take over football. Uh, it will ever take over going on the pitch. I just think that it will always, at most, be a supplementary um, material that will be used by players. But at the end of the day, like if if, play, if players want to be on top or if players want to enjoy the game and so it's going to be about that 10,000 hours that they get on the pitch and stuff like that. So, like, I, uh, yeah, these things may exist. But, for example, what you're talking about in terms of a, a virtual game, I think that that would most likely be, like, a completely different sport and not be no, called no, football no, anyway. No, in terms of, like, a virtual game where matches and points are won, just for, like, a training... Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. I, don't, I, I think that's, a, that's, that's already kind of where, where we're at now. I mean, with people doing all this online stuff, it, it's a case of... It's not a case of is that going to happen. I think it's definitely going to happen. In fact, it's, we already started to see that during these, you know, during this whole pandemic thing, where people are doing these online online courses for players, online challenges. It's, it's, it's not going to take much more, you know, using platforms like Zoom, Skype, House Party, and stuff like that. But like I said, realistically, how 
how impactful is that going to be? And you know, is is it then maybe where clubs actually tell us actually, you know, we're going to keep this to a limited group of not group of players in each in each um, I guess session or however you want to put it. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that's going to have a massive. I think what what we need to look at is what how do we utilize that, that those platforms? Um, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It is important to utilize it, the technology and so on and so forth. But it's like it's a bit off topic. But even like the introduction of VAR into the Premier League, I don't like it. For me, the Premier League is not the same. It's like part of the match is lost. You're standing around waiting for a minute or two. So technology has to be done in the correct way for it to have a maximum impact otherwise it could have the total opposite effect and it could start detracting and people start leaving the sport like I said if I know if I know the football industry is going to be in the next five years technology intensive I don't think I'm going to jump back into it as a kind of part-time thing that I do on the weekend I'll try and find something that's a bit more enjoyable but that I enjoy. again you know, it comes back to what I was saying earlier but with that sort of mindset and you know, again I'm not saying this is your mindset or this is I guess the uh, the underlying state of your mindset but is that a mindset that's one for the players, or is it for the? Is that one for the? Is that is that a selfish mindset? Because ultimately, for me, if you, being yeah, being a course, coach is all about how you're going to impart that knowledge and of support course. the players in front of you. So, if that means, yeah, okay, you know, you might have areas in which you which you I guess enjoy more than others. So you know, you might you might prefer match days. Me personally, I'm not really I'm not, I don't really get geeked about match days at all. For me, I you know my thing is get me out on the training pitch working with these players. And I could be sitting at home designing my sessions, knowing that okay, this is a session that these players are really going to enjoy. I, I, I get for me, for me personally, like football, when it does get reintroduced to my life, it's not going to be my main source of income. If it was my main source of income, I'll do anything and everything to make sure I maximize my earnings and carry on. But for me, football is something that I love. I enjoy coaching kids as long as it's on the field. Playing. Exactly, but that, that's what I need from it. Do you understand? It's like, I'm, I don't want to do something extra after I finish working at school five days a week where then I have to sit down again in front of a laptop and do more kind of stuff online. That, yeah. That's not what I want but to do. Which, which is fine. And I think stuff. you're entitled to have that, have yeah, that decision. Yeah. But ultimately, if that's your mindset, are you, there to, are you there for the players or for yourself? Yeah, but then I think it'll be better to not get into it in the first place, if that makes sense. Because if I know that I'm not going to enjoy it, I'm not going to do a good job at it, and I don't want to be a person that just cashes in and not provide a good service, for example. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's it's different for everyone. It might even be the case where some players are the same like that as well. They don't want to do anything with technology, maybe because they can't afford it. Maybe their their literacy skills on technology yeah. are not very good. It's in- and so on. So it's like... <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I mean- there's, there's horses for courses. Everyone's going to find their right place and where they're comfortable what they enjoy doing and, and that's it really and that's what football should be football is is there for everyone to enjoy and yeah you've got to find your enjoyment in it yeah I, th- I think ultimately like I said it's, it's about player development we're looking to support players as coaches obviously you know everyone's got everyone's involved in the game for different reasons but as a coach I think it's fundamental you need to be thinking about right how is what I'm about to do going to help my players? What can I be doing to help my players? Yeah, but when you enjoy something more, when you enjoy something more, naturally, the, the, them outcomes are going to be achieved, if that makes sense. But when you're struggling and you know you're lethargic, you can't be bothered, it's like the kids are not going to progress as well. And I don't think that's fair to Yeah, I'm, I'm not... That's, that, that's my point, basically. It's like you've got to have that enthusiasm for it, be keen on it, and then the results and the progress should come. I I, yeah, I I agree on both parties. I mean, just to to sum it up on that level, I understand when people have pressures have pressures that they need to fulfil, such as money, mortgage, family, etc. I totally get that. But I think also on the other side as well, if you're going to get into this coaching game, it all depends on why you're going into it. And I mm. think at the current state of the, the the world at the moment with this pandemic is that the coaches that are around. We we kind of got a duty to actually fulfil the need, still fulfil the needs of yeah. the, the players that we work with on a regular basis. So if we do have life pressures, whether it's work, whether it's family, there's still got to be that some energy point where we can give back to them during this time. And mm. for me, that's the biggest part. I mean, going forward, things can change. You may, you know, lose your passion because a lot of things have moved into the technical technology side of things, but. 
it also depends on your own personal journey. If it's not for you down the line going forward, then you're kind of at your last stop regarding the, the sport and how mm. you coach. And then you can still have enjoyment from it, but you kind of shift away to a different level. And that's the journey that whatever coach or whoever coach that is that needs to find for themselves. But during this coming point where the guys that are, whether they're doing it full-time or part-time like, like, like myself, there's still got to be that element of what you're trying to deliver for the kids in this current climate. So regards to the pressures of life and stuff going forward, that's always going to be there and kind of got to put that to a side, if you can, and look to what we can do currently in this climate regards to the kids. And that's where we kind of should be at the, at the moment as coaches, for me personally. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, yeah, obviously everything I've said from the point of view, I'm actually doing zero coaching at the moment. I have no responsibility towards any players in terms of their development. But I, 100%, if I did, I'd be exhausting every possible avenue just to make sure that they're still yeah. engaged with the sport, they're still developing. It might not be like mm-hmm. just the same kind of trend that they're progressing at, but there'll be some kind of improvement. And obviously, as a coach, mm-hmm. you, I think you are absolutely, you are obligated to carry that on during these current circumstances because you signed on to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, like I said, I mean, it's, it's interesting to have those, have those thoughts on it, but... um. You know, if we kind of just look back and now, just, just to summarise and some of the key things that we, I guess maybe we're currently doing as coaches or we've got ideas on in terms of how we might go about supporting our players. Um, so I don't know if, obviously, Ben, Michelle and you guys are the ones that are mainly active at this moment. Is there anything that you're particularly doing right now in this time to support your players? It's just, as I've mentioned before, I mean, you know, on both sides of the coins, at, we, you know, we have our own personal, you know, as anybody else probably would do, WhatsApp groups and someone that the parents are in control of that they sign into and we send training programs into that. And we're still having our um, six, 12 week reviews as well. And we're doing this uh, by online as well, which is, which is brand new for a lot of people. Some mm. people have done it before online, you know, which is fair play to them. They've kind of been ahead on that state, but we've now slowly got into this where, you know, it's, it's, Again, it's brand new. It's being done, and it's it's working well so far. It's also improving me as a person in regards mm. to the technology, uh, technical uh, side of things, technology, and it's something that I would now take forward in into the next years or how many years I've got left in, in culture because it's forced me to learn something new, which is again self developing. So it's along those routes training programs and just literally checking in every so often and that's not because I have to do it it's probably that's a part of my coaching nature because I'm so used to being on the field with these these players but it also brings a different bond and, and relationship with the parents at the same time so that's the type of involvement we're, we're, we're doing. Um, yeah like Shirley has already uh, touched on um, I'm not going to just like, repeat but like yeah we've kind of we kind of, the other stuff we do is like engaging them in huddle, like I, uh, like I alluded to earlier, uh, where we will ask them uh, like some uh, questions just to engage their game understanding and just to gauge what they perceive certain terms to be. So like like I said um, about creating chances, uh, uh, like one was asked to like a Pacific midfielder in our team and. Uh, is what I found interesting is that he didn't put in creating chances as through balls. He put it in as like when he was crossing the ball in. So gauging their perspective of the game and what they, uh, you know, perceive certain aspects to be through like um, huddle, um, as well as that we've got like obviously, obviously like uh, Sherman said about like um, sending in one week uh, programs for them to do. Sports science stuff will get involved with that as well, sending in um, that uh, body weight only sort of exercises for them to do um, at home. Um, uh, obviously, you've got the WhatsApp group as well. Uh, so, like, you know, we have um, the the basic and advanced core skills that they do at the beginning of the game. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, all, the, all our players have um, that, that access and to like a ball and a bit of space to work in, you don't need like a big space for it. But uh, you get them to, you know, do like multiple challenges on that. So maybe like um, how many inside football joggles can you do in a row? How many outside football joggles? How many fires and stuff? Uh, just to uh, keep them engaged uh, technically. But like that's that's just based on the 
prominence of Michael because we're just like predominantly about the technical sides and you know kind of believe that you know the other aspects will get attacked through that yeah interesting it's just like, I mean obviously I'm, I'm not actively coaching this moment in time but some of the things that I've done in the past I think could help players at this moment in time you know doing things like when I've done it in I guess classroom based settings with players when I've done to deliver some analysis sessions it could be that you know you, you take some of that analysis stuff and put it in the form of a, a PowerPoint presentation which can maybe potentially emailed out or something to the parents I don't know anyone in this day and age who won't have access to email um so that could be potentially one of the one of the ways which you could go about it and you can highlight and you, you can yeah you can it's, with that sort of platform you've got such a i guess massive platform to kind of expand on different things within that uh you might you might draw footage off youtube or whatever wherever that might be if you don't have footage of your actual players to kind of put together um also, another thing that I've, you know, I've done in the past is maybe challenge the players around some some of the practices. Get players to start thinking about how they, what practices they could design, they could come up with. Because it might be that actually, without your supervision, you might actually get the, tell the players to get together at a certain time, if that is by Zoom, by Skype, or whatever that might be, and get the players to deliver their own practices to one another. Um, something that I've, I've definitely done in the past, maybe not online, but definitely done, um, you know, practically face to face with players had them you know design sessions and deliver the sessions to one another and then even get them to chat i guess break down what they consider the key technical aspects of the sessions and even where they could apply these concepts tactically um just some of the things i've you know potentially i think coaches could be doing now maybe expanding their minds at some potentially looking at doing themselves so interesting i guess the talking points today um i think it was just good to get the ball rolling and you know get that first um, I guess first conversation going, but if, over the coming weeks, you know, we're gonna have a few different topics and different things that we're gonna cover. Um, and hopefully, it'll be a good source of entertainment and I guess engagement for a lot of coaches during this time and beyond. Again, we've got Ben. You can find me on remind us uh, where we can find you, Ben. Instagram and Twitter at focusbxn. That's F O C U S B X N. Ahmed. Yeah, I'm. Uh... Yeah, no, thank you. Everyone stay safe, stay home, save lives and that. And you can uh, contact me on Twitter or Instagram at secondbest22. That's 2ndbest22. Yep, you can find me on Instagram. That's bellofigo78, B-E-L-L-O-F-I-G-O-7-8. Um, Tell us your Twitter though, man. I knew, yeah, I did. This is why I came last. <laughs> And you can find me on my Twitter handle, the original is Sherlinator16. That's S H E R L E N A T O R 16. Sherlinator16. Finally, guys, I'm Yas. You can find me on Instagram at the Coaches Network and on Twitter at the Coaches Net. Hope you've enjoyed the conversation today. I know it's been another enjoyable one for me. Take it, guys. Enjoy the listen and have a great day. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning into another edition of the Coaches Network podcast. I've no doubt you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Now that you've got a way to contact all the guys, we look forward to seeing some comments and questions around today's show. And don't forget, head over to the platform that you found this edition on and leave us a five-star review and let everybody know how awesome the show is. We read all comments, good or bad, so leave that comment for us and take care, everyone. Until next time. The Coaches Network bringing the game together.